We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. I just took a nap VSJ, so I might be a little so you're tired. You're feeling fresh, <laughs> is, what you're, is what you're saying. Funkadelic fresh. Okay. Banana slam. Welcome back, everybody. We're back with another episode of the Banana Slam Jaren podcast. We got uh, we are partnered with Prediction, so if you're looking to follow all of their stuff, it is on. You can see in the top right. You can follow them on Twitter. Same username on Twitch. Prediction Esports, and then uh, it's also on Spotify and iTunes. All of our podcast episodes can be found there. So. Um, the visual version, I always upload to my own YouTube. Jaren's too lazy to upload it to his own YouTube or anything like that. So for now, that's where you guys can get it from me. But if you are interested in the prediction aspect of it, that's where. And so for today, how are you doing, monkeys? Just you and I today. Uh, I'm doing. I'm doing all right. Kind of tired. It's been a. It's been a long week, but uh, happy to be here. Why has yourself? it been a long week? I thought you said you had no games for your team. You scrimming a lot or other uh, real life stuff or what? Uh, ju- just real life stuff that, uh, you know, I I don't really want to get into on the podcast. Tell us about <laughs> all your personal good and bad things. No, I'm kidding. So, yeah, I understand. I've had a pretty busy week myself, but for me, it's like it just feels like there's not enough hours in the day. You know, I always hear these adults talk about not having enough time. And I'm like, that's a load of shit. And now it's like, 
now that I'm okay, so here's what I've realized, right? When it comes to just doing my stream and just existing, it's like just staying where I'm at. I have all the time in the world, you know? Yeah. I, I can do whatever. But the second I'm trying to grow as a person, whether or not that's a stream or whether or not that's, you know, learn something new, all of a sudden my time's just gone. I'm like, yeah. shit, man, all my spare time is being spent on these things. So, like, today, this isn't like a complaint or anything, but I lost a bet to Kali, so I had to make her a three-course meal, and I'm, like, learning how to cook and shit. And since I had to learn how to cook, and I had to go grocery shop all this shit, maybe like four hours of my time total is just gone. And I'm like, holy shit, I've been busy the last three days with this shit. But it's important for me to grow as a human being, you know? So I'm sure yeah. you can relate. You know what I mean? What, what, was, the, what was the bet you lost? Uh, uh, it, was, it was like two months ago I lost the bet, and it was a last pick Timbersaw game. <laughs> <laughs> and totally. she bet me that I couldn't win the game, and I said, this is a perfect Timbersaw game. And I went like 10-0 and 15, and I lost the fucking game, dude. I was <laughs> I was angry. So, you know, I blame my teammates, as always. What can you do? But uh, she had originally wanted me to do something else, and I'm like, I just don't want to do, like, bets that result on me doing shit on stream. So here I, I was like, I'll, how about I cook you a nice meal? And so here I am. Hey, learning how enough, to cook, huh? you know, we all have to, um, you know, what do you call it? Compromise. I'm like, it's a yeah. word of the C and <laughs> I can't remember it. So this is going to be a bit of a sellout moment for the day, monkeys. We're going to do this in the opposite order of what we normally do because we know by this point, you know, I'm hogging the conversation. Half the people have already left the YouTube video. So we want to make sure we get the other half before they leave as well. Sure. Uh, so we have a Patreon, guys. And you can find all the information on all the YouTube videos themselves as well as on my channel. And I believe Monkeys tries to advertise it. Not 100% sure. Yep. But if you're interested in participating in part of the podcast where you get to ask us a question, you get to submit a replay for some funny analysis, uh, that's all stuff we do. So this week we do have four people that submitted a question for the podcast. So you ready to answer some questions, Monkeys? Absolutely. Okay. From Scott Black, he says, what are the best and worst aspects of playing Dota on a professional team? So let's just each name one. What is the, let's go bad news first, Monkeys. What's the worst aspect of playing on a professional team for you? Worst aspect? Um, I would say at this point in life, the worst aspect is how busy you get when there's consistently tournaments going on that you have to compete in and pretty much as as you were pretty much complaining about at the beginning of the podcast just, just complaining all... is a strong word monkeys i <laughs> sure. was just speaking out loud okay but uh, but that that definitely has a lot uh i don't know at least for me that that's probably the hardest part of uh of being on a full-time team is just you know literally having to commit all of your time during tournaments and just, you know, literally always being there with your team, talking about Dota, thinking Dota, just Dota, 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 Dota. And you don't really, you don't really have as much, as much free time and just, you know, uh, go for a walk or you can go rock climbing or whatever. The biggest thing for me, I'd say the worst part is having my schedule have to be lined up with four other people. And then mm, also yeah. having all of this random wasted time because your teammates are late, the opponent team is late. <laughs> it feels like that, the efficiency is husky off did, like did. more than more than I can even did. say. The efficiency <laughs> of time when I'm on a team compared to just streaming and all the stuff that I do 
on my own accord bothers the shit out of me. I'm like, holy mm-hmm. shit, I just had two hours of today where I just sat here waiting to play a Dota game and uh, <laughs> like all the things I imagine I could have done with my with my time. So it's not as much how much more time it takes for me, not saying it doesn't take more time, but it was all about the that that inefficiency bothered me a shit ton. So yeah. uh, what about, okay, you know, we went bad news first. The best part, the best part about playing on a professional team. Um, the best part, I, I, I would at least say the best part is, is just, you know, how well you get to know each and every person on your team and just like, you I don't know, you, you, you just have to form, form that bond with everyone, just, you know, knowing that you can trust each other, win or lose, like that you're all going to be making the right play and everything. And I, I think, I think that is probably one of the more more unique aspects of competitive dota in my in my opinion because like you you really you really do have to you know form form that camaraderie with your teammates that really enables you to be able to like play really good five-man dota (laughs) yeah you know for me nothing tickles my pickle better than five people on each team trying their absolute hardest to win the game you know like (laughs) exactly it's like there is no like if you win you're just better than your opponent if you lose you're just worse than your opponent whether or not it's overall or whether or not it's just for that game <clears throat> that aspect for me like there's very few things in life that have satisfied my competitive edge you know back when yeah. i used to play a lot of sports sometimes i go play poker but for dota that's really one of the only things in my adulthood that gave me that 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 just that raw competitive just adrenaline you know so for yeah. me that's the biggest thing Mm-hmm. And uh, even if five people are trying really hard in a pub, it's just not the same, right? Like, it's it's just not the same at all because you are coming together, like you said, as a team, having to learn each other, learn about each other, maximizing each other's potential. And, yeah. and you know, you have to discuss very specifically how to come together over a loss, you know, how to come back and, and uh, improve for the next time. So that for me... There's just no excuses, right? And I, yeah, I love that aspect. Sure. I love that uh, part. Uh, yeah, and, and was, that's something I love about my team is like literally any time we lose, we're just like, well, gotta get better, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, like we, we don't, we're not just like, we, we, we don't start making excuses. We're just like, all right, gotta put in more work, boys. No worries. We'll get them next time. <laughs> like, yep. uh, it's a very, we have a very driven mentality. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and champion futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. 
Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Okay. So let's just make sure we get through these questions. Uh, Monkeys was dragging on a little bit. No, I'm yeah, my, so, my bad. My apologies. Uh, no. <laughs> so from Porter Mickle, Mikkel, we got, what are your favorite mid-casting or tournament snacks and drinks? Mid- so like, what few, like if you're in the middle of a tournament, like if I think he's saying for me it's casting, for you oh. it's a tournament. Like if you're in the middle of a best of three – what is your like go to? I need you know, get me jacked up, or I need a I, refuel. I, I, I thought he meant like mid game. I was like, what? No, I'm no, not, no, I'm no. not thinking about food. Twenty minutes in, <laughs> pause. I need my goldfish. Uh, um. Uh. Hmm. I, I I'm actually trying to think. I, honestly, my eating habits are so garbage. Typically, when I'm when I'm focused on tournaments and stuff, that I really don't even. I don't even think about nutrients or whatever during the yeah, tournament, which I, which, which I which I know is like probably not the healthiest mentality or whatever, and I, I probably should change that. But there's been too many tournaments that I, I honestly have not even like been eating very well just because I like I, I just put it in the back of my head because i'm so focused on playing dota so but 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 i mean like whenever whenever i would have like actually get a snack it would probably just be like a banana or something like that unironically even yeah i know, very I know me- memes of memes about <laughs> what a boring <laughs> banana answer what a cop out <laughs> i uh well to be honest like every time i cast a tournament I pretty much have to have like a Red Bull every best of three. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> like I, I, my my energy tanks like somewhere between the first and second game. Like I, I just can't come back full because it's like usually when you cast, it's like minimum of six or seven days in a row. And the last two events I did were 40 days or some shit, and with you know maybe 10 days off. And yeah, so eventually I just I'm just dead. So I have to have that energy drink. Sadly, it's a problem, but it's life. And then snack-wise, definitely nutrients go out the window. I always put on like five pounds at an event. Uh, I would say my go-to is some sort of pasta. Like I love just any pasta. A lot of carbs, man. I'm all about the carbs. So I would have to say if I had to choose one when I was in Ukraine, for instance, was there was this like pesto pasta that – this one place nearby made and it was it was yeah pasta is definitely a good one just for getting getting a lot of energy for the yeah and you can just quick and just be like all right my food my food uh period of the day is done (laughs) exactly so for our next question longanimity has said or asked what is the best to learn at lower mmrs solo or party queue and why do you think that is Hmm. Best to learn. Well, I mean, for, first and foremost, everything everything is important to learn in Dota. But uh, I would I would say a really good starting point is um, understanding. Well, well, first of all, 
having map awareness so like understanding where the enemy team is and what the enemy team is trying to like do on the map uh, you usually you can tell like you see three heroes in one lane on the mini map logically speaking you can go okay they're either gonna pressure this tower or like walk to the middle lane and pressure that tower or something like that very rarely you'll see through like three heroes in a lane and they're just gonna go all right everyone retreat into the jungle although maybe that's true at low mmr i don't quite know but map awareness is very important for improving like improving you know overall dota concepts and actually being able to uh you know improve your dota concepts do you think that's easier to do with friends in your game or by yourself um i I definitely think that's easier to do with friends because when you play with friends you can be like hey whenever you see someone like go missing from your lane let me know or something and you know it just it creates good habits of like you know hearing the micro the micro communications of like oh hey you know uh queen of pain is coming top with level six now and you know that, that that just helps train you to like understand map orientation and like understand rotation timings and stuff because you really can find patterns and like oh mid players are usually going to be leaving out the six minute rune to come do this or this or like this is their goal or this is what they're trying to do with their hero at this time or whatever and it, it all it all really originates with map awareness yeah i think um <clears throat> i personally believe a lot of like hero synergies and a lot of like how things work together really well and how certain roles play together very well is really yeah. important like you know learning as a four to play around your mid hero learning as a mid hero which side lane to rotate to learning as a um you know a support how to how to support properly a one posi- every different one position hero so for me i think if you're going to learn it's a lot about playing with I would say one friend that helps you work with one specific combo. I don't think it's necessarily as helpful. This is my opinion, right? As helpful mm-hmm. to play with a group of five all the time. I think it's good to play with one or two, one, maybe two friends so that you can work on these basic synergies because you're working on one thing at once. I think that's my biggest thing about lower MMRs is if you work on too much at once, you kind of just shit the bed and... And at That's the end of true. the day, you just don't learn nearly as much because you're trying to learn so many things that you maybe learn a little bit of everything. But yeah. I'm all about the put one thing in the subconscious, right? So if I play a five position, I'll learn slowly but surely how to properly support my one. And then eventually I don't really have to think about it anymore. It kind of just happens. And then I can move on to maybe rotating toward my mid lane or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's the biggest thing for me is I'm, I'm not a huge fan of five man cues. And I think solo queue can be nice. But a lot of the important lessons you mentioned as well, I think, are better when you're playing with with one or two friends. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, like all, all of the basics in Dota, pretty much every every professional player or whatever has mostly mastered those just by playing pubs, basically. Yeah, so, like, absolutely. Uh, uh, I, I definitely, I, I think, I think when it comes to five man queuing, you, you should either a be doing it because you think that it's like truly gonna like better yourself for like competitive play or something at some point or you're just having fun with friends there 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 really should be no in between there for like five man queuing because because uh, again like five man queuing it can be it can be an absolute blast but you definitely have to 
you, you, you have to understand that it's either for fun or all of you together are trying to I was going to like, say, I think it's important, right, that if you do only five-man queue, I think it can teach you really bad habits. Yeah. And it'll teach you more about the people you're playing with rather than the game itself. Yeah. And my sure. goal is whatever situation you put yourself in, I want that to translate to as many games as possible. And if you play with the same group of five, I think it can be detrimental because of that. Yeah. And I think that's I, what I, you're I getting out there, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so last question. It's actually a very interesting one in terms of uh, I don't think I've seen an exact question like this in my chat before. But Chris Borilski, looks like he's Polish, says there was some discussion during the Omega League tournament about Nature's Prophet and how a simple change from going two null talismans into Orchid and then instead going or, or oh wait, simple change from two null talismans into Orchid instead of Orchid Rush took the hero from garbage to top tier. And the, basically the question is, why is that small change so defining? And, like, how, are there other examples of this on other heroes? And, like, I, I, I want to add to his question, but he says, like, are there other examples on other heroes? And the biggest thing for me is, it's like, for you personally, how can such a small difference sometimes change a hero? Or, like, why does it take people so long to get to these differences? Or, you know, for, from your personal experience? Um, well, the the thing about Dota, and, and we've definitely touched on it before, is that it, when, when it comes to these patches, and, and there are, like, even if there's a lot of small patches where, you know, you literally see 50 gold get removed from an item or added to an item or, like, a 200 gold recipe here or they remove a, a random recipe there, like, all, all of these things are, like kind of happening in the background and they're they're not necessarily relevant immediately right and then um and then you you eventually just hit a patch where everything just kind of clicks and comes together and it just it just creates like that uh, as you said that double null orchid orchid rush like on furion it just makes it so incredibly viable because you start hitting it by 10 minutes or so and then you know the there are honestly even before that i've seen some furions get like a seven or eight minute double null orchid and you're just like ah lovely typically this item that you see at 14 minutes every game is now being purchased at seven or eight minutes and it, it just it, it it just all comes together really and it's uh it's kind of difficult to explain the the reasoning behind it because you know you, you see like clinks get shadow buffed for 14 patches in a row and then suddenly it's like holy shit this clinks here is amazing and like uh, you know that you have this combo with enchantress and then ice frog is like all right gotta nerf that shit can't be giving a clinks a free divine rapier at the uh, at you know a level seven enchantress and a level 12 clinks like you, you, you just you can't really have that interaction in the game for dota to continue being dota basically yeah i think the crazy thing is is that a lot of matchups like metas specifically it's like you know a hero can go from trash to broken with either a different item being purchased or a different way of playing the hero a yeah. different role exactly. and a lot of that has to do with just how often a hero is viable and so it's like if i say i'm picking mars offlane i think he's like a really good hero right now i'm just using him as an example before the mana change it felt mm -hmm. like the items you had to buy in lane kind of crippled you in certain matchups. But yeah. now I can just go like Phase Boots Bracer and ferry myself a couple mangoes and I'm like, I have enough mana to function as a hero. Yeah, so suddenly yeah, yeah. all these matchups where I needed those items, I win those matchups. Yeah. And so, and, and yeah. also you can like rush a blink on Mars, for example. Oh yeah, it gives yeah. you more. You don't have to go some mana item. Like you used yeah. to have to go Sol Ring or Drums or Yules to compensate for having no mana. But now it's like some games, if I really want to, I can. I, I just did it. I just rushed a blink. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's just that if you go this double null 
Orchid build, for instance. It's like certain matchups where you previously needed to stay on the map a bit more or like, you know, some kills that just barely weren't happening because you didn't have that extra 6% spell lamp on your ultimate. Now they do get kills and now like you can validate getting, you know, those null talismans because even though they cost money and delay your Orchid, you're paying back for it because of the extra pressure and the extra kills yeah. you're getting. And that's just like... The ability to get the item at a similar timing while also remaining stronger throughout the course of the time that you're building the item is a huge difference. Because usually yeah. when you rush an item like Orchid or Radiance or anything like that, Battle Fury, the time before you build the item is like a weak, a weak point, right? But suddenly if this hero has like a very linear timing that suddenly hits something really hard too, it's not like you were weak up until any point in that game. Like with Mars, I don't need a blink. I can still be really strong without it, but the second I get a blink, I can pick off somebody that I previously yeah. couldn't have. Those are the type of heroes that I've noticed are always the most popular in the meta. They just have this very predictable, but yet consistent and reliable uh, power spikes. And the yeah. ones that I feel like are the weakest are the ones where you're like, at no point in the game do I feel powerful. You know, I don't feel like the strongest hero in the game, no matter what items or timings I hit. I feel, I feel like <laughs> it really all stems from just... Uh... For, sorry, not to over elaborate on the question, no, but I feel ahead. like it. I feel like it all stems from just lane dominators, pretty much, and like the heroes that can just you know get out of lane reliably with like a solid net worth and is just able to you know be a hero on the map. Like like for example, Bloodseeker. Bloodseeker absolutely came out of nowhere, but like as I, as I just showed that you can literally first pick this hero and go into any lane and you can just come out of it with like 4,000 net worth at 10 minutes reliably. And and occasionally when you're coming out at 4,000 net worth, their carry is at like 2.6k net worth and you're just like, ah, oh, lovely. You know, our first pick off laner just absolutely destroyed the game and we can just do whatever we want at this point. And it, it really it really just does stem from the lane domination aspect of it. I mean, Furion does it as well. Um what was the other hero you mentioned? Mars. But, yeah, Mar Mars also does it. Like you, you just you constantly apply pressure, and it just it enables you to go into the game as as just this this untouchable hero. Well, really. the perfect thing about Bloodseeker as an example, and Mars as examples, is because of the Mars mana changes. Suddenly, these items I come out of the laning stage with at an advantage are items that also function in fights. I don't have to buy these like regen laning items. I can just buy items that my hero needs, and I'm like, yeah. oh, now that I'm also hit this power spike, Mars has always been a strong laner. But now that I don't have to buy items that also make me a stronger laner, I'm now just getting this power spike with all these useful items. The same thing yep. with Bloodseeker, where um, I would say when he gets level 10, you know, he has this power spike where he has that uh, Blood Rage, right, on top of everything else. And it used to be that that power spike, level 1 Blood Rage, was 6% Spell Lamp, which, not a very massive power spike. But suddenly, but he always came out of the lane well. Like, I played Bloodseeker right when they reworked him, and I'm like... This hero's laning stage is really strong. Like, I, I could tell. I won all my lanes. But, like, if you win your lane and you just can't do enough with it, the hero's bad, right? Like, the mm. hero's just bad. So, yeah. suddenly, if they can make a hero that's already good at laning, like, the power spike they hit when they come out of the lane is just that much higher or that, yeah. you know, that much more significant, then suddenly the fact that they win the lane matters so much and it's such a huge uh, impact on their ability to control the game. So, it's like... Uh, with the with the null talisman thing, it's all about transitioning, right? You're transitioning yeah. out of the lane into doing other things. With Nature's Providence, more of this like constant map pressure, split push, team fighting. Like if the enemy team responds to bottom, you TP top and take the tower. It's like, you know, if you can do that while also staying on the map and farming, which is what the new like mana regen null talisman allows you to do. Because his weak point for me on Nature's Prophet is like level seven to ten. And it's not because it's he's weak. 
but it's because he wanted to max trees, but if you only left one point and teleport, the amount of times you could teleport around the map just wasn't very scary. But mm. since you can max out trees with the double null talisman and never have to go back to base, suddenly you can use your TP's TP scrolls for other things. You can just TP the yeah. lanes rather than TPing back to base, then TPing out. So it's mm. like it changes the way they play the game just ever so slightly, yeah. but it makes such a big difference. So I know yeah. we I know we answered this question very um, in depth, but I think it was a very <laughs> it needed a very you know mm-hmm. specific answer. So. Just for people wondering, that is something you can do on the Patreon. Just ask us any question. If you're a part of the Patreon, you do get to ask us that once a month, so we'll make sure we hit as many of those as possible. But, uh, yeah, that's it for you guys dictating what we get to do with our time. Uh, you know, now it's back to, to Monkeys and I. This this episode, we, we've talked about some, like, pretty, pretty hardcore stuff the last two episodes. The last one especially, we talked about the whole North American scene, and then the one before that, we were talking about Jenkins being the stress of, of content creation and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And... This was like, I wanted this podcast to be, you know, I told you, much more laid back. Let's just, yeah. I didn't even prepare that much. I had an idea of like, you know, we're doing these AMAs. We're going to talk a little bit about Dota. But like, honestly, what was the coolest thing you did this week, Monkeys? Uh, the coolest, Dota or non-Dota related? Anything. Yeah, like if you had to, first moment of this week uh, that comes to your head. I, I, I would probably say I got a, uh, I got a V5 while rock climbing again. So for, the, for, for the first time since my knee injury and being back, so wow! Yeah, I did felt, anybody see I it, or nice. is this? Did we just have to take your. Uh, word no, on? I I was I was actually climbing alone when, <laughs> when I did. I don't believe so. you. Then you have to prove it on stream. Oh, unfortunate. For but. anyone wondering, that's just a difficulty <laughs> thing. So you start at V one, and V five is much more difficult than v1 you know i can yeah, i can yeah. attest to that i was barely doing v3s if i was lucky yeah. by the time I, I, I would say I, I would say v5 is like the um oh my goodness how am i forgetting the word it's like it, it's like that it's a difficulty that you gotta it's like the hardest shift in difficulty in my opinion to like i actually keep improving your climbing because it's when you start like i don't know really starting crimps and stuff like that for those i see i see you have to implore new techniques yeah yeah i I would say it's i would say it's the first difficulty that really starts like you know forcing you to actually you know climb properly and shift your weight properly you can't carry yourself on like raw strength anymore i I, I mean i'm sure you could if you were that strong but like i i personally cannot even when i'm like super strong like I, i still have to do proper technique and everything even when yeah, I, it's Doing it's it, kind of so. funny when like I got asked the question today on stream, you know, BSJ, when when is somebody considered good at Dota? And <laughs> I didn't necessarily have like a distinct answer, but I think there's kind of like that point in Dota where I feel like I can speak my language of Dota, and eventually, like, there's that threshold where people will start being able to speak back to me. Uh-huh. It's not because like I think 2K people are stupid or whatever, but I feel like the game is so different as you get higher up, and the way you have to think is so different that that's the kind of part of dota you can't bullshit you know like you yeah. can't you can't I, like if i was talking to somebody i can just tell if they're not 4k 5k or above i can just tell based on the way they view the game and so it's kind of funny where it's like at some point whenever you're doing anything with dota or rock climbing eventually you know there's that spot you know yeah, that spot yeah, where exactly. there's no turning back you have to go all into to expand yourself further so mm-hmm. i will say uh in, in rock climbing you were teaching me 
some of like the basic concepts it took to like you know the sticking the leg out for balancing yeah, yeah. and i'm like wow i'm Flagging. supposed to take my i'm <laughs> yeah. supposed to take my leg off of the rock in order to balance better that's yeah. trippy <laughs> um but yeah no it's it's it that's a funny thing for me though the coolest thing i did this week other than making the meal of course, <laughs> was that i had a nice day of spike ball yesterday Oh, it was, that we've, sounds... we've been playing spike ball a lot, so it's, I, uh, I, I've never actually heard of spike ball before. You never heard of it. You would like it a lot. So if you ever find yourself <laughs> in New York, that's when it's like not the winter. You know, uh, I'm totally down to go spike balling. I, it's so, I've been, uh, I've been, I've, I've played pickleball recently for the first time. Oh, but, uh, I I've, never, I've never, I've never played PE. So spike oh, yeah. ball, you have this like four foot diameter net on the ground, and it's just a circle, okay. and it's 2v2, and it's basically volleyball, but instead of hitting it over the net, you have to bounce it off the net. Ah, so okay. we bounce it off the net, and then they get three hits to hit it back on the net, and then we have okay. to bounce yeah, it off. Yeah. So it can get pretty insane. You do some yeah. like crazy dives and all that kind of stuff. And Are, 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 are there like sides, or are you just like constantly rotating around? No, it's 360. Yeah, that. you yeah, just yeah, have yeah. to run and catch the ball. Huh. So it gets That's pretty nuts sometimes, because you're like, you know, you'll dive for one ball, and you're just on the ground, and then you have yeah. to get back up and go get the other ball. And so it's a fun game, but uh, yeah, we've been playing it with uh, Kali and some of her friends that I, I, I'll start to call kind of friends for me. You know, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want you know, to. Don't, don't want to jump the gun. I don't want to jump the gun. You know, be that guy that thinks I'm friends with somebody and they don't think I'm friends or whatever. But an interesting concept, right? So this is this is totally off topic of Dota, but you know, this podcast it can be Dota people talking about other things. Was that uh, one of the girls there? She had a friend who was from work, and somebody said, "Oh, is he your friend?" And she said, oh, he, he's my coworker. That was her exact response. And I said, <laughs> are you work zoning this guy or what? Like, are you work zoning this guy? He's not he, you can't call him a friend. He's just somebody from work. And this whole idea, I don't know if anyone's ever talked about it. I, I've never heard of the term work zoning. But like for, you know, I, I immediately came to mind. I was like, damn, dude, like. I know it's bad to get friend zoned, but this guy is straight up getting work zoned right now, and that is. Uh, well, I, I mean, I, tone of voice and and everything are, are entirely uh, relevant there as well, because I, I mean, you, you never know. Maybe maybe coworker is more intimate to some people than than just a friend or something like that. Well, the I, thing I, is, I think what she was going for was like, I know this guy. And I think he's okay to bring to this gathering, but he's not actually my friend. So if he does some stupid shit, just remember I didn't vouch for this guy. You know what I mean? Like, you know how, like, if you vouch for the guy, it makes you look bad if they're bad? I think that's what she was going for. I think, like, that's why she was, like, nervous to call him a friend. I was like, yeah, I didn't, I I just invited him because it seemed like a decent idea, but I don't vouch for him. That's, uh, that's a funny thing to me. So, yeah. um, one thing that's going on right now in the world that uh, <laughs> that you know depends on when people are watching this that they may remember this, but you know it or they obviously know what's going on now. But his Among Us that is a game that I've been playing a shit ton of. I you know you tried to get in our game last night, and I'm telling you, man, I'm trying to organize like somewhat regular Dota nights around this time. And here's my immediate. Yeah, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, it's like a ten ten person. You're on a spaceship. There's two bad guys killing people, and you have to figure out who they are. And so, my question, monkeys, 
from what I've seen so far, yeah, I've played with a lot of Hearthstone people, like people that play Hearthstone, and now you know I kind of got meshed in that group after playing auto chess with some of them. And I've uh, also played with Dota people. And mm-hmm. you don't really have a chance to argue with me on this point. You just have a chance to explain to me why this exists. <laughs> why are Dota players so bad at Among Us compared to other people? Uh, not as Not as much... Proper socialization for Dota players. <laughs> because I'm not gonna lie, it is noticeably bad. Like they are. They, so the number one thing that I've noticed about Dota players, Kali and I were actually talking about it last night, is how often if I were to say, "Hey, monkeys, you looking sus, man." Like I have a reason that you're looking sus, but I'm not necessarily accusing you of anything. But I'm like, "Monkeys, you're looking sus." Their immediate reaction is to say, "Well, if you're accusing me, then then you must be the bad guy. Yeah. You're the you're looking sus." And it just turns into this like back and forth argument over me That's just right. saying, "Well, there's something you were doing that was a little bit off." And instead of like you know presenting their case, it just turns into this random toxic argument. And I'm like, "This is actually Dota players. Like, I haven't had that happen nearly as often." In in the other lobbies so well, i feel like at least with hearthstone you know it's like a it's like a solo player game so you're, you're kind of like you're, you're not as influenced by other people you know because like you're, you're just kind of left to your own thoughts and your own ideas and everything but in dota like you, i mean you can't help it but be influenced by your teammates in dota like it, it's just gonna happen i lost point. my shit today man I, I, <laughs> if you saw how tilted i was today you would never guess that I won all five games. Okay, <laughs> you would never guess that I won all five games that I played today, because my first game of the or my second game of the day. Okay, you know this is actually something. You know this is a nice segue back into Dota a bit. Monkeys. So I admitted that I I, I went a bit off the deep end, and by a bit I mean a lot. So I go into the game. I've got Layla's on my team, and I've got um, this silencer five position that he's like communicating which is odd odd to me you know he's actually talking about the game and stuff i'm like wow you know a five position that says shit so i've got these guys in my game and they're clearly trying to win and i go into this game with this guy that plays a bajillion bounty hunter games and he's ranked 300 okay and i'm like i get to last pick this game i'm like holy shit i get the last pick and it was just the perfect darkseer game and i was like you know i haven't played darkseer on na servers but i guess i'll give it Layless gave you position three? Yeah, he always gives me position oh, three. God. It's weird. He just played mid on 200 <laughs> ping and crushes it. But so, or 140. But so, I go into lane and I say, Bounty Hunter, Darkseer, I'm going to rush a bottle. And it was an Arc Warden, right? Like So I'm like, we can just dive the shit out of these guys. I want this lane to be chaotic as all hell. Us diving them, people dying. If I die, I TP back in and bottle you. If you die, you TP back in and fill my bottle, etc. And I'm like, I want this crazy-ass fucking lane. And the guy just straight up leaves my lane at a minute and a half and then doesn't come back for like three minutes, okay? He just leaves my lane. And so we got off to a good start because we killed people with the rune, but he just leaves my lane. And then he comes back because I'm actually at a level advantage because of the rune, spot, the rune fight. I'm level three. There are eight creeps. Like, we have eight creeps, okay? We have eight creeps. Arc Warden is level two, okay? And I shell my bounty hunter. And he goes and cuts the next wave and drags it. (laughs) And their Arc Warden is farming underneath tower at level two, tanking eight creeps, and my bounty hunter is dragging the wave. 
Uh, that sounds I, not ideal. I went off the deep end, monkeys. <laughs> I said, guys, I don't understand how I can communicate this. I was very polite. I was like, guy, like, dude, let's do this. Let's do that. The guy doesn't say a word to me. The entire lane doesn't say a fucking word. And then after he dragged the creep, I went to go with him. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And he just teepees away and never comes back. <laughs> I was level four when Ark Warden was still level two under tower. And they had a five tusk. And I ended up dying two times, even though I was playing really safe because they ganked me. And now the I was level four to Ark Warden's level two. Yeah. At five minutes in, Ark Warden was level five and I was level four. And I was like... That's the joy of Pudge. Or dude, pub, dude, so for me personally... <laughs> You seem like a pretty PMA guy. I, I, you know, I got off, you know, I, I got off to a good start in terms of win loss ratio today. But when you have teammates like that, is that like what? Do you mute yourself? Do you just accept it? But I was threatening. I'm like bounty hunter, come back top, or I'm walking down mid. I just, I, I, I straight up lost my shit. I didn't know what to do. I'm like, how do I get this guy to do what I wanted to do, or do you just give up? I, 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 I mean, I, I, obviously, it's frustrating when it happens, and like it's never ideal. I, I, I typically just kind of stop, stop talking in the laning phase because I'm just like, all right, I have to rely on myself to get out of this, however possible. And like, I'm, I, 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 at a certain point, you just have to stop expecting things from your teammates because, like, you, you can typically tell with your your position for in lane, like, you, you, you know what they're gonna be doing by like a minute and a half. Like, if you have a tiny. And if he's just like laning with you, casting avalanche off cooldown and like hitting the enemy team, you're like, oh, lovely. I have a tiny who wants to be active and like use mana. But if you have a tiny that disappears in a minute and a half and you don't, you're like, you're, you're not going to see that tiny until four minutes into the game. Like, you're, you're just not. You know, that tiny has like a level one toss and just ran middle and is trying to fucking get that toss back if he can. But like, uh, at a certain point, you just kind of have to like identify what type of player you have and just go. All right. Well, this is the situation I'm in. Got to make the best of it, however I can. And then, you know, when when it starts getting relevant for me to talk to my team again, like that, then I have to start talking. Like, like you know, the the next thing you have to look for is you know five minute sieges or level six power spike on your mid your mid hero or you know something like that. And like, it, it, then you, you just got to focus on the next aspect of the game, really, and just kind of be like, oh well, you know, this perfect laning stage could have been perfect, but instead here we are with this like mediocre pile of shit. But <laughs> so here's my question, monkeys. Okay, this is a would you rather. <laughs> so if you fuck up a lane or whatever, you have a teammate. Say you're the carry in my game. Would you prefer an offliner that's trying his absolute hardest to win, losing his shit in the mic, being super toxic, saying he's gonna walk down mid if the opponent if the, his four position doesn't come back top, or would you prefer the guy that mutes himself and just AFK jungles for the next 15 minutes? What would you prefer? I mean, do, can there can there be no in between there? Can there just be like uh, you tilt out of the lane and then you come back to play the mid game or something? <laughs> I'm saying that if somebody is not in the right frame of mind, right? Which I uh, definitely no. I definitely was not that game. No, no, I, I, then I, they're I, going I, to do I, one of those two things. I feel like they always do. I, I, I mean, which one would you prefer, monkeys? You're my carry player. What would you? What would you prefer? Uh, I, 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 I guess just if if that's how you have to get your emotions out, get your emotions out. But I, I would I would genuinely hope that my my bounty player would mute 
would mute you. <laughs> but would you prefer the offlaner screaming no, no, I, in his I, mic I, being I, toxic? I, would, I mean, or I prefer mean, them like, not playing. What would you prefer, be, to- be toxic if you absolutely have to, but like, uh, like if that's what will make you play the game. But you know, in, in my experience, at least, when people are being toxic, it's usually like be toxic and don't play the game. It's not like ah, because I'm being toxic, this is now going to enable me to play out the game. So the, the biggest way thing for me to. that I took away from my own game, though, I was like, okay, I lost my shit i definitely went over the edge there but i tried my absolute hardest to win that fucking game despite screaming into the mic the entire game i I really did i really did scream into the mic i was super toxic layla's even called me out at the end of the game saying you know bsj you were toxic as fuck this game and i said you know you didn't lane with bounty hunter but hey you know i probably shouldn't have given an excuse all i'm saying is is that I don't know what I'm saying here, monkeys. I'm not looking for validation. It was a weak moment for me. It was a bad game. Even though we won, we won. I just ran around the map with Greaves, shelling people and surging them. But I, it was one of those situations where I felt like if we didn't win the other two lanes, Bounty Hunter would have lost us the game. Like, he would have lost us the game if he didn't. If we didn't win yeah. the other two lanes. And I, I was just like... Whew, deep breaths, I, I, I man. Mean, I mean, so, and, and sometimes, honestly like just the just the constantly communicating what the proper thing is you need from someone is the best way to go about winning a game because like sometimes like someone is just positioning in such a way or moving around the map in such a way that like it they you it's clear they don't get it it's clear they don't understand what their role is in the game and uh i i mean there's definitely been times where i i've quite literally just sat in the offlane for two minutes just being like hey position four can you come here and cast spells hey position four can you come here and cast spells i just over and over and eventually it's just like that that they just realize that they're just doing nothing with their time and they're like oh yeah sure monkeys forever i'll come there and cast spells why not like like uh, uh, sometimes it does work but like you know uh, obviously you, you should you should try to do it in a way that is is more positive rather than like berate them and be like you're so bad all the time. But like I I, I understand I understand the need to do that. So I mean hell I have those days VSJ like Do you have I, days I, I, where you do what I did in some capacity where you say not so you're not only telling this guy to come top right you know he's supposed to come top because he's just not doing something correct no. and you threaten to break your items if he doesn't listen to you. Do you ever take I, that extreme? I. Do you I ever stoop to I, my I, level, I, monkeys? I haven't done that recently. I would say, okay. like, I would say the last I did, I have done that before. In the it last can be effective. Probably like two and okay. a half years ago, three years ago, or something. And you're right, it, it can be effective. <laughs> I so. remember Bird, you know, Eagle back on Team Freedom. Yeah, yeah. He had the he, dude, he had what he called the warning buybacks, <laughs> where if he was making calls and his team wasn't listening. The next time he died, he'd buy back instantly. He'd play the game still, but he would just buy back yep. instantly. And I was just like, <laughs> and he told his team, "Consider this a warning buyback." You know, Bird was the Bird was the innovator of suicide into tier two towers, and to just come back with full full health, full mana. He just wanted to die, however possible. <laughs> Don't we all, to some extent? No, I'm kidding. That's that's dark, but. I, uh, yeah, I just, I think it's such a funny subject because for me, it's like, damn, you know, it seems like I look back at myself and I'm like, damn, I was nuts. Like, what was I fucking doing that game? But at the, in the moment, I know exactly what needs to happen in this lane and it's not happening. And I just get so triggered 
when all it takes is for the guy to listen, right? Like, it's like, you're not even being rude about the communication. So my question is, you know, you say to the guy, keep coming top, just come top, and eventually they come top. How many of those until you're no longer polite about it? Or do you just no longer talk? Like, do you just I, I, give I, up talking? I mean, I, I, out of... Again, that, that that's at least my route is like uh, for for the landing stage, you know, I, I would say until seven minutes on average or whatever, like you're that that is the time frame that you have to directly, directly communicate with your four or, or, or that it's at least expected of you to directly communicate with your four. And like, again, sometimes you just get fours that are unwilling to play, play the lane the way that you envision it and like even if you're right like you you have you you have basically seven minutes to get them to see the game the same way as you see it and like if they don't at some point you just got to be like all right well the first seven minutes are not going to go the way i envisioned it that's fine we can still we can still work on you know seven minutes to 14 minutes now like we got to play for bounty earns got to play for seeds got to use our our power runes at level six we got to use our 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 mid hero in some capacity like like you can still you can still just like work on other aspects of the game, even if like the lane doesn't go exactly as you envision it. it like sure, sure that the good lane would enable you to like more smoothly transition into the the next phase of the game, but but it's uh it's not required in my opinion for the lane to go the way that you envision it. Like again, pubs are so so volatile, right? Like the lane going poorly is really only bad if you don't adjust to the fact that it went poorly yeah like it is it is bad obviously like having a lane go worse than it should but i feel like in all the games that i've played especially a skill i've learned being an offlaner as long as i play according to how badly my lane went it's not nearly as bad as it would be if i you know tried to play the lane like i won so i think that adjustment is is super important i uh what was I going to say? Uh, you know, monkeys. If you want to keep talking, I had a question, and, and, it's, I, and it's gone. I, I don't got anything right now, man. Don't okay. come to me. <laughs> okay, okay. So we talked about last week that you guys didn't have any games, but do you guys still scrim on weeks off, or do you guys like kind of go more scrims during tournaments, less scrims during tournaments? Like, um, how does that well, affect your weekly schedule? Like, have you been spamming I, Dota, or are you just kind of we, we we've we've kind of been chilling a bit um, since since our elimination from BTS uh, or the Great American Rivalry or whatever 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 they're calling the the tournament series. Um, but we, we've been trying to schedule sk- scrims and stuff, but it's just been like, you know, the day of comes 30 minutes before, oh, sorry, we can't make it or, or up oh, where we got this or this player can't make it or whatever. So it's kind of been an in, involuntary, uh, or, or, uh, yeah, involuntary, uh, break, but, um, you know, we're, we, we're kind of, kind of back on the scrim train. We, we just played a, a set of scrims today and, uh, I believe we're hoping to tomorrow as well. So we're we're trying to get back into the groove of things um, before whenever the next tournaments are. <laughs> so do you the know, boys want to play Among Us with me or what, man? Do the boys want to play Among Us with me or what, you know? I, I feel like I'm, you, other than I'm Sandy honestly, Boy, they're all invited. I mean, all right, yeah, I'll I'll probably be able to get at least Gunner to play. I, I don't know how much the other three really enjoy Among Us. I've, I have never personally seen Husky Ocean or uh or actually I saw Sammy play once but 
Sammy just yelled at Gunner the entire time. So <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds about right. I uh, yeah, I've realized that uh, that balance in life is super important to have some uh, some fun. You yeah, know, you've always the I, I've mentioned that a lot. But for me, I just naturally want to work, work, work. That's uh, not a good thing sometimes. Wait, well, well, no, no. But I mean, I, I understand that as well, right? Like, I, I mean, like, I don't know. Especially with us, right? When the, the more we work, the more the more reward there. Yeah, is. the more you see, it is yeah. palpable. The the feeling yeah. of it paying off because yeah, i mean i like a dude for a year and a half i was streaming like every single day for a minimum of you know nine hours or something like i i was psycho for streaming but then you know at, at the same time when, when it comes to being on a team meant uh, being like mentally healthy and just like ready to you know do anything with your team that that's needed and like everything is, is way more important at least in my opinion absolutely my good sir uh so a lot of our sessions or a lot of our podcasts have been going over the hour mark which that wasn't the original intent and it's not because i don't like spending time with you monkeys it's just uh you know we want it to be a nice digestible amount of of stuff so uh i am gonna probably wrap up the podcast here Uh, i think you know it's been a nice little catch up on life episode and uh Absolutely. i've missed you buddy it's been a whole week since i last i night. always miss you bs yeah eventually you're gonna have to come to new york and uh hang out a bit Dude, so, absolutely yeah yeah i know we're just organizing this shit on stream but eventually it's <laughs> actually gonna happen so um i guess until next time are you gonna be playing pubs this week or are you just yeah yeah i'm gonna get back into the swing of okay the have thing. you avoided uh, me I, since I, we're both offlaners or no, what? I, what's the deal not i just i genuinely I, again, this last week was just an off week for me, but I, I'm I'm going to be playing a lot more this coming week. You know, playing a lot of Among Us, I have uh, you know learned how to push people's buttons and try to see if they're telling <laughs> the truth. So I feel like your response was genuine, but I'll have to, oh, thank I'll have you to so see, much. you know, based on if I queue in pubs, if I'm against you all the time or not. I'll see, you know, if you really haven't avoided me yet. So with that being said, thanks for watching, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the episode. I'll talk to you later, Jaren. Monkeys. Yep. Yeah, man. Good night, yeah, everyone. Have a good one. Did he fit? <laughs>